When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You're listening to Episode 97, brought to you by Hourglass Cosmetics. For free shipping on your purchase of a full-size caution mascara, just go to hourglasscosmetics.com lovely and use the code lovely. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Ladies, this week we're back with another fun New Year's episode. You guys, these are like my favorite. I love planning. New Year's is my jam. And I get to have another one of my in real life friends on the episode today. It's Jenny Wilcox. She is one of the original gals who helped me even come up with the name Cultivating the Lovely in the first place, which we talk about a little bit in this episode, but we really get to go into our themes for the year and our words for the year and how we plan things. And and she's really an amazing homemaker. I think you guys are going to be so blessed by everything that she has to say. She's so plugged into Jesus and she just overflows with him. And I think you guys are really going to hear that coming through, but she's just the epitome of love. And so I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. But along with that, we've got a little extra something special at the end of the episode since we're really into this New Year's thing. And I've been getting a lot of questions lately about where to go with reading goals for 2019. I thought I would do a little kind of solo cast at the end. It's actually about 20 minutes long and it will walk you through how to make your own reading goals for 2019 and how to make them actually happen for your year. So hopefully that will be a blessing and interesting to you guys. And if you like it, then come over and let me know on Instagram or Facebook or all those places. But we'll get more into that later in the show. So first, let's get started with Jenny. Jenny, I'm finally having you on the show. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's a delight to me. I've literally wanted you on the show since the very beginning because I remember sitting in the library with you and the other girls and discussing possible names. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. And that's when we came up with Cultivating the Lovely. So you guys were like, where this all started and here finally heading into 2019. It started in 2015. So yeah, like three and a half years later, here we are. And I don't mind being part of the planning. It was the being live. <laughs> yeah. I was avoiding for years. And then I even moved away and that didn't work. No, it didn't. <laughs> I'm still here. Well, it was found me. It was so funny because all four of you are like you are not the front man. You don't want to do that. But uh-uh. but each of you like we'll see after today, but Katie <laughs> and Andy both actually came away from podcasting with me and they're like that was actually fun. So I I think we're going to be okay. But for people, I mean, obviously people don't know who you are because you're just my friend and you're not like building a platform. But would you tell everyone like who you are, how many kids you have, that kind of thing? Yes, I'm Jenny. I met Mackenzie. I think I met you 10 years ago. Yeah. And we were, we were at a card making party for Valentine's Day. Um, Was I I pregnant? Um, No, you were not pregnant. Well, I don't know. You you then had a I diaper do... bag. You brought a diaper bag that you had made. Um, uh, I, made I probably you... was pregnant. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that would have been 10. February. 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So you were, but I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so I made two cards in that two hour span <laughs> and you made 40 something. No, no, had... no, no. Yeah. No. You whipped them out and I, I think had I to made one. And I was so embarrassed. And then I said, I have four kids. And you looked at me and you said, you have four kids? How old are you? (laughs) (laughs) And I told you how old I was. 
and you were shocked, and I realized I'm going to love you forever. Because <laughs> you thought I was younger than you. And I'm actually 10 years older than you are. So I thought, okay, I like her now. <laughs> She's no longer the the card making machine. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And I, so that's the I, night we met. I remember that night totally differently because I think I walked away having made like one card. <laughs> no, you made a ton. They must not have been very good. Stuff. You were using the iron. Really? For your cards. Yeah, you were embossing. <gasps> that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So that's remember. how we met. But um, yes, I have four kids. And right now their ages are 13, 13, 14, and 15. Gosh. So I have two girls. It They're twins. Still amazes me. <laughs> They're in seventh grade, and the boys are um, ninth and tenth grade. Yeah. Wow. It's so everybody though that that is a lot. But just let's contemplate for a second what that looked like thirteen years ago. <laughs> yeah. That but... meant four children under three. Is that right? Well, when the, my twins were born, my boys were one and two. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, they were all in diapers for a year. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's intense. So, obviously, I think a lot of this will come through, though. When Giving it that you know, like preface that you had that to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> that, that when we talk about how Jenny handles life... It's pretty regimented, but I think you would have had to have been in order yes. to have survived that. Yes. Uh, I had to I had to start my day very scheduled. I got everybody up at 7. I had to nurse babies. I had to feed toddler boys who, you know, as soon as I sat down to nurse, they would run off. Uh, so I was very, very regimented. And nap time at 9, again at 1 o'clock. Um, snack at four, dinner at five, baths at six, bedtime at seven. So I, I just basically raised my kids like that. So and you that still do. We had sanity. I do. Yeah. And but I, they they are so secure in that they yeah. ask to go to bed. You know, it's like eight thirty nine o'clock. My high schoolers want to go to bed and they read for an hour, but uh, we still have dinner. Well, now we have it between five and six. I have loosened up a little. <laughs> Yeah, You guys, this is without fail. I'm telling you, like, we used to have a Friday, like, play date homeschooling day at Jenny's house. And and before that, even, we had, she ran, like, a preschool co-op that my kids went to. And so on Fridays, we were at Jenny's house. That was just the thing. And we would just, like, stay forever. And she would, without fail, like, 4 o'clock came around. She's making dinner, whether we're there or not. Like, she she <laughs> does her thing. And it was so amazing to just get to witness and watch how, how regimented you are because it really works for your family and it works for you. And it there is that sense of security and home in your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it, it made me happier as a mom because I got I, – I knew when my breaks – were coming at nine and one and seven. And I used to tell young moms who would be frantic, I would tell them every 15 minutes, the mood changes in your home. You have, uh, there would be times where I would have four kids around me pulling on my clothes and crying. One morning I had my sweats down around my ankles (laughs) because they were pulling on me. But really, if I watched the clock 15 minutes later, they were all busy doing something else and happy. So I used to have to think in smaller increments. This is going to change. In 15 minutes, we're not going to be here doing this because I would get in these mindsets that this is going to be like this forever. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing this right now with teenagers. Honestly, I would rather be physically tired from toddlers 10 years ago than emotionally drained right now because we're in a different season. And I have to tell myself, in 15 minutes and so they're not going to be mad at me anymore it'll be somebody yeah. else but yeah. they won't be mad at me <laughs> and see that's how 
I, I think I said this before we got on here. I don't know. Sorry, guys, if I'm repeating myself. My brain has been mush lately. But <laughs> this is why I really wanted to have all my different local friends on because everybody handles things totally different. Everybody has different personalities. And I think that's really valuable for people to kind of be able to find themselves in someone who's on the show who is lovely but maybe does things differently because like Jenny is an amazing preschool teacher <laughs> like dealing Aww. with little kids it's it just boggles my mind what a good job she does with that whenever we came over for preschool days there was a snack coordinated with a book coordinated with the craft <laughs> you know I mean like she has that strength that I don't have I'm always <laughs> like all right when are you people growing up so we can have a real conversation like I don't <laughs> like I don't like the little years like I love my kids but I and I don't like the little years. They are hard for me. Yeah. And like oh. my 12 year old right now, he's 12 and a half. Like as much as he has mood swings and everything, I love hanging out with him and mm -hmm. the connection we have. And like I, I look at my little kids and he's what gives me hope because it's like, okay, yeah. I won't always be dealing with this, like your fit you're throwing on the floor for whatever. I will have your uh -huh. older fit that I'm dealing with, but it's just different to me. It's easier for me to handle. And I think it's important for people to know where their strengths are, like that they may like the little years better than the older years or their older years better than the little years, but it doesn't mean that you can't be a good mom throughout all of it. Right. It's just going to be, right. there's going to be parts that are harder. Right. And why do we want everything to be easy? Yeah. Because we're, we're being stretched so that our, our strength, our, our faith in God grows. We can trust God. We can't, we don't want to be able to do everything on our own. We have to need God. So in every season of parenting, you will always have that need to need God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And so I, I think it's fun to have you on to hear how good you are at, at all of that because I'm not. So oh, you are. You really are. Well, it just I'm good at different things in different ways. And I've, I've really had to acknowledge that. That's been and even we're going to be talking about our power sheets because though Jenny is not local oh, to yeah. me anymore, we are in like a, the same group of friends and we connect via Voxer and that sort of thing. And we the five of us all got power sheets this year that we are working on together and talking Yay, about. They're together. so great. <laughs> they're so great. And Jenny has been leaving us these Voxes that are I just wanted to like take the Vox message and put it on the podcast because it was. <laughs> so good and that was that was really what sealed the deal when I heard that message I was like that's it <laughs> no more excuses Aww. I have to get her on the show because it was <laughs> so so good but something I've been really learning this year and throughout doing my power sheets and I mean it's been a year of growth for me and a year of change but really realizing like okay I have strengths that a lot of my friends like this group of you guys included that you guys are like the epitome of homemaker amazing mothers mm. <laughs> like you just are you're good at it and it doesn't come as naturally for me and I've for a lot of years tried to be or look like what you guys are and this year I had to step back and be like okay I, ha I have different strengths and that doesn't make mm -hmm. me a bad mom. It just makes me no. a different mom. Yes. And our life is going to look different and I have to figure out what that is, but that's okay that it doesn't look like I'm June Cleaver <laughs> because that, right. it doesn't come naturally to me. And so as much as I strive for that, it's, it's never going, it's just going to be frustrating for everyone involved. But one thing I've always loved about you is when you struggle with something, you seek to get help and you ask for advice because sometimes we Christian moms, we sit around and we say, oh, keeping it real. And we want to feel good about the mess we're sitting in. And yeah. I hate when the conversation turns to that and we're all just patting each other on the back. Like, yeah, oh, my, my laundry pile's bigger and uh, we, the Bible says we have to spur each other on to good work. So yes. it doesn't do any good to sit around and congratulate each other for having a messy house or a higher pile of laundry. 
So yes, we can be different moms and our houses can look differently. But what I love about you, Mackenzie, is you see something in your life that you want to change and you know it's not okay and you want to be spurred on to do something better and you seek that out. And I think you have to find friends that'll do that and not make you feel comfortable Yeah. um, if you know you have to change something. And that uh, January 1st is a good time to do that. Yeah. And this is, I I love, well, I think you're very generous to say that, but it's something I have been thinking about lately because I'm reading Sally Clarkson's new book. It's actually Sally, Sarah, and Joy. Her two daughters wrote it with her um, called Girls Club and about their female friendship that they developed over all these years. And then also like how to have friends even, you know, outside your family and why that's valuable. And they talk about that in the book that it's, so valuable for us to have people who do exactly what you just said. They spur us on, they challenge us, they ask us the hard questions, mm-hmm. they help us, they inspire us, and they help us to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And mm-hmm. I think that is so important that we do that for each other and that we're willing to hear that. And so I guess what I'm saying is like, while I figured out, like, I have certain strengths, I also have realized, like, being around you girls helps me to realize, okay, what things, though, am I not good at? Can I create hacks at in my life to, like, mm, make them work? Okay. And they're, they're not going to look exactly like you guys, but I can do them better because of the influence that you guys have had on my life. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to be the same person I was last year or five years ago. We Every single yeah. one of us should want to be different and our goal is to be Christ-like and so we should be a little more Christ-like every year Christian friends and reading God's word these are two good ways to get there Mm -hmm. yeah they really are and but I just I want to dive into what you were talking about when you left that message because in the power sheets if you guys aren't familiar with them you can still get them by going to boldturquoise.com slash power sheets Now's the time to get them, ladies, because it's the beginning of the year. But they talk about in this version, they didn't have in last year's version, like after you kind of do this whole, the beginning section of the power sheets is about like really figuring out who you are and what worked last year, what didn't, what fears are you overcoming, what are the big, you know, things that you're trying to work on in your life and how have they been going for the last year. And then you're supposed to go back and look for threads that are Mm kind of common things that keep coming up. And you just did such an insightful job of that, I thought. Do you want to Mm -hmm. share about that? Well, it started, I sat down to do this in like a a personal inventory. And the question was, who are you? And don't write down a role. Like I'm a wife, I'm a mom, who are you? And I got stuck and I put the book away for a week and I kept praying, God, who am I? (laughs) Oh no, I'm a wife and a mom, but God gave me a word. I'm a nurturer. Mm -hmm. And that word, I started to go back through all my pages and I could see different things. I, like I'm saving a lot of clothes from high school, college, um, because I'm afraid to throw things away. I'm afraid to get rid of things from the past because I just want it to work out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want my clothes to work out for me, like even 30 years later. <laughs> uh, and I'm finding that these patterns were there. All of my goals for the year, I think I have seven goals. All of my goals had to do with not being able to let go of things. Mm. And I went, whoa, Um, it was so insightful. And the nurturing, um, I want to take care of everybody and make sure everybody's happy and everybody works. Yeah. Uh, Just when people come to my home, I want you to be fed and warm and loved. And I, I hold on to relationships that have sailed away. Yeah. I hold on to clothes from high school and I realize I've, I've got to change this. I never knew this about myself. And I just, these threads really going back and looking at all the stuff I wrote, they're all connected. It was really scary. Yeah. Well, and the thing is like you are a nurturer and that's a good thing about you. If you let it be something more than it should be where you're hanging on to things, then it, it has that downside to it. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. my demise. It's a superpower, but it's also my demise. It, yeah. it has taken me down in the last couple of years. 
I don't know when to walk away from things or people. I hold on thinking, we've got to make this work. If I love them better, they'll come back to me. If I, if I patch this up, I can still wear this. Well, how many shirts do I have in my drawer that need to be fixed? I, I can't just hold on to everything. So, um, the clothes was just a material uh, representation. manifestation, yeah, yeah, yeah. representation of what's going on inside of me. Uh, I just want—I'm like Pollyanna. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> you guys, we have nicknamed Jenny Snow White because yes. she not only does she look like Snow White, but she literally could like feed birds out of her hands uh, while she's hands. singing in the yard. Like she is that person. It's not an act. Like she is that amazing. Mackenzie, I never thought of that. Snow White is a nurturer. She has all the elves she around is? her. <gasps> yes. Oh, I'm telling you. Birds with her hands. That is me. It is. Oh my goodness. It is. Wow. But if you're not careful, <gasps> okay. then you're gonna accept somebody's poison apple because you just love everybody. This is so good. <laughs> yes. This is okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I need to write Snow White in there in here somewhere. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yes. So. My strength is my greatest weakness, too. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So let me tell you then, um, I was looking outside my bedroom window. I have a garden. And it's my husband cleared a patch. It's probably like 30 feet by 20. It's a pretty big patch. and has a little arbor over it. It's really pretty. And I planted all the seeds by hand. Um, and it's gorgeous. But... One one day I was noticing in the back of the flower patch, it looked a little dead. And so I thought, well, it's it's later in the year. It, the flowers are just dying. But we were walking. And when the sprinklers were on, I noticed that the, the sprinkler head was turned. And maybe a, an animal bumped into it. And the sprinkler was watering outside the flower patch. And everything was dying on the inside. So I thought, oh. I went and filled. My husband went and turned the sprinkler head back in to the garden. And I thought, oh my goodness. Okay. I'm a nurturer. Mm-hmm. I, I would water the world if I could. Yes. I would just like, here you go, everyone. What do you need? I'll give it to you. But what God showed me was that I am a weed waterer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I wrote this in my book, water yeah. your seeds, not your weeds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's something Snow White would say, right? <laughs> So I, love I thought, okay, I, I would take care of all the needs outside of my garden patch if I could, but I turn around and I look at what's inside. It was suffering. Mm-hmm. And what weeds do is they, they pull nutrients from what you want to grow. And then when they get tall enough, it blocks the light. And we all know that a mom sets the tone in the home, the temperament. Mm-hmm. You know, we if we're happy, everybody can be happy. Uh, well, kind of. And so she yeah. teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then I thought, okay, I if I carry that, like the burden of, of everybody in the world, I'm blocking the light then um, from my family. I, I can't do that. And so I, my theme for the year is don't water weeds. I need to make sure that my my life source, God and his word, that I'm getting that and giving it to what's right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking on more than I should, uh, nurturing what's outside of my little fence because um, that's why I have drawers full of clothes I never wear and mm-hmm. sadness every time I hear someone's name mentioned. Um, like, oh, that person... I, I just need to let go and yeah. I need to water what's inside of my fence. And my, my life verse ha- verses have always been, and I love how they even tie into this. It's Psalm 16, 5 and 6. Lord, you've assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And when I think about a boundary line, um, that's my fence. Yeah. And I planted all those seeds by hand and I was, it was, um, Memorial day. I was hot and sweaty and dirty. Yeah. And when I planted my last row and I backed up into the fence, I was so happy. Yeah. I said, I'm done. 
so that boundary line was, it, it meant rest, peace, mm -hmm. joy. Um, I could go inside and take a shower. I could sit down and have something cold to drink and be with my family. So many times I think we think a boundary line is a restriction or a limitation. But for me, if I look at my flower garden, I think, no, that fence means you're, you're done. You're safe. Yeah. You're, you can rest. Yeah. So, um, my theme for the year is don't water weeds. <laughs> yeah. So are you using a theme instead of a word or will you have a word also? I have a word because I, one of the activities or I don't know what you call yeah. them, but one page, page 29, choose a word. So I, you know, me regimented, I have to do that page before I turn. <laughs> so I like I have to do work. So I prayed about that too. And one of the things I realized that because I'm taking care and bearing burdens that I should not be bearing, it has really robbed me of joy. So mm -hmm. joy's my word. Yeah. But let me tell you how that came about. I was okay. praying about a word and I kind of had that word in my mind and I went into a Starbucks um, a month ago, a month ago today. And I walked in and this older man was sitting at a table and I smiled at him and said, good morning. And he thanked me for smiling. And he said to me, and I had to, I had to write this down. Um, your smile has joy behind it, not happiness. Aww. And I wanted to cry. <laughs> so joy is my word. And I, I thought, love you know, I, that. Yes. He doesn't even know me, but this is something that I, I thought, Lord, I think I'm lacking joy and that needs to be my word this year. Maybe if I turn my sprinkler head back to my own little patch, maybe I can have that back. Yeah. And so here's a stranger. He said he sees that. And I thought, well, okay, if there's something there. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Oh, I love when those little things happen and you just know that it's confirmation mm -hmm. for what that's you're That's my word. Yep. I think that's mm -hmm. great. Hey ladies, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor for this week. It's actually our only sponsor and one that I've recently become pretty obsessed with. It's Hourglass Cosmetics. For a lot of beauty brands, luxury means something to splurge on, an indulgence. But when I experienced the performance and innovation of Hourglass Cosmetics, it was easy to see that for them, luxury means so much more. You guys, I mean, besides the amazing, beautiful packaging, I actually did an unboxing on Instagram. I love that Hourglass goes beyond just creating products that look good on your skin. They're actually cruelty-free and have really innovative formulas. For instance, their Veil Primer. I'm absolutely in love with it. It smooths out my skin and makes it feel like butter even when I have my makeup on and it has SPF but it's from the minerals instead of some sort of crazy chemical. Another thing Hourglass sent me was their Caution Extreme Lash Mascara and it's groundbreaking. I'm obsessed with their long-lasting formula that never smudges and if you've followed me for a while you know I'm very particular about my mascara but I really love Caution Mascara. Its advanced formula is completely vegan, never flakes even after wearing it all day. The tapered brush delivers endless length, intense volume lift and it helps me get those hard to reach areas like in the corner and lower lash line. The first time I tried Kasha Mascara, I was impressed with how easily it went on. It separated my lashes out but really gave them that punch that I was looking for. Kasha Mascara is a game changer. It's no wonder Allure magazine called Caution a lash lift in a tube. It embodies everything I love about the Hourglass brand, a 100% cruelty-free vegan formula that really works, all wrapped up in beautiful, innovative packaging. Discover Hourglass like I did and experience unparalleled next-generation performance by visiting hourglasscosmetics.com lovely and use promo code lovely to get free shipping with your order of a full-size caution mascara. That's hourglasscosmetics.com slash lovely, promo code lovely. I do have a question though. So you're turning your sprinkler head, you're focusing on what is it within your boundaries. Now I know mm -hmm. for you, because you tend to, I mean, and you guys, if you ever met Jenny in real life, you can probably even hear it just listening to her. She, she is just... She is a nurturer. She's life-giving to be around. That's why so many people are attracted to her and want to be filled up by her because you just exude wisdom and kindness and that nurturing. I mean, you do. If you go to her house, you feel taken care of. You feel heard. You feel mm. just, I mean, it's 
it's I've had very few other experiences like being with you in your home. It is oh. it is amazing. Thank you. Sorry, I keep having to clear my throat. Because it's bringing a tear to your eye. (laughs) (laughs) But so being there, I, I understand why so many people want to draw from you. But I'm wondering what this looks like for you as far as friendship goes, because you're very dedicated to your family. And I know that where you moved, friendship has been harder because there you're just in a very small area and there aren't very many you know people around and you're on this ranch and you know all of that but yeah I'm wondering what that looks like for you because that is that is a big part of still being filled up and having fellowship and that sort of thing so what fits within that fence for you well I'm so glad you asked you said the word attracted to and this is something that I've been praying about but let me just share with everybody. I do live in a very small area. Our only store is Kmart. So um, <laughs> I've been very lonely here. And yeah. two years later, I am looking back and I'm seeing purpose because what God is doing in my life right now, the, uh, being here has facilitated that. And this mm-hmm. is what he wants to teach me right now. So, um, okay. In the picture I have in my mind is the magnetic wand that we would play with in school and we drive, we drag it through a pile of the iron filings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they just, they follow along. Um, and it's really cool to watch. So in my mind, I picture myself as that magnet. Yeah. People just kind of follow. And now that I'm in my mid forties, this is what's happening to me, Mackenzie flip that wand over And what does it do? It repels. (laughs) No, but no, this is happening to me right now. I, I'm, I'm losing friends. I'm making enemies for the first time in my life. It's been very hard. And I know why now, because you can do this. You can be this kind of person for about two decades. Um, you can collect people and friends and love people and truly want to be their friends and help them. But after a while, it gets to be too much. Mm -hmm. God did not make us to maintain all of these close friends. My pastor's wife asked me this summer, uh, would would a lot of people say that you are their closest friend or they think that they are your closest friend? And I went, Mm -hmm. "Uh uh-huh, yep. So this is what doing this personality uh, has, has done that where I love every single one of these people, but I'm collecting more and more. And now I have teenagers who need so much of my time. They want to talk. They don't want me to just play Lego where I can be quiet and process things. Mm -hmm. I have to actually talk and listen. I can't do, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm starting to drop all the plates. Does that make sense? I'm spinning all these relationships, these plates. I'm dropping things now because I'm, tired. I I can't, I cannot make everybody happy like I used to. And, you know, if people are listening and they're in their twenties and thirties, good luck to you. It works for a little while, but when you get to be older, you physically, emotionally, you cannot handle. And this is something that's, um, that social media has done. It's easier to collect friends, Yeah, yeah. but now you'll have a hundred thanks to social media and people are going to start to think that they're not getting enough. And mm-hmm. you will start dropping. You'll start disappointing people. And then so now I'm, I'm turning that magnetic wand over and I'm starting to repel people away from me. And I feel like uh, being the nurturer that I am, oh, come back. What, what can I do? What did I do wrong? What can I do? And I'm holding on to this like a shirt with a hole in it. And I'm going to save that in my drawer and pine over it and worry. But God has revealed all of this to me. Yes, through the power sheets. I feel like I should be on a commercial. <laughs> that I I need to let things go and nurture what is inside my gate. And so God is naturally, um, I don't have to turn people away anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it's just naturally happening because, like, for instance, we were trying to organize this um, to talk and we were going through Voxer. I don't have Voxer notifications on my phone. 
So mm. I had to go into Voxer to see if you left me a message. That's why I wasn't getting back to you right away. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying not, I'm trying to be very present in my home so I can nurture my family. So the, the phone, it has to go. I have to not have, I can't know who wants to get a hold of me every the second they text me. So mm-hmm. when I have time, I will go in and check messages. And this is one of the reasons why I'm losing friends because they think they're, they're not important anymore. Um, but they are, I just am more focused in my home now. So mm-hmm. does that answer your question at all? Yeah, no, it does. And I think that you've always had a pretty good focus on your home. I mean, <laughs> compared to 99% of people out there. No. So I'm no, I'm serious. But I, I think this is, this is my little insight from being your friend from 10 years. So I think that you are, people are so attracted to you and you do pour into them. I think there is less being poured back into you from those people because hmm. they feel so and I could be wrong but I think they feel so filled up by you that you can it, it can't help but be out of balance a lot of the time hmm. because you are such a good nurturer and so I think that largely probably a lot of what you're seeing go away not 100% but are probably a lot of people who weren't investing equally into the relationship. I think the relationships that will be the ones that last for you are the ones that there is more of an equal footing. Hmm. And oh, that's good. Giving you something back as well. So it's mm-hmm. not just all your job to maintain it, if that makes sense. It does. And that's probably what has happened. You're right. Mm-hmm. But that's just because you are so good at it. That people just, I mean, I think I've felt that way. Like, I didn't do anything for her, but man, she made me feel great, you know? And <laughs> so I think that that can tend to happen. And so then when push comes to shove and there's a thousand people out there who love and want more from you, but what are they giving back? And so mm-hmm. then when you aren't able to meet everyone's needs the way they want to, well, for them, they're, they weren't investing back into it, so there isn't the same pull to stay and make it work, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the title of this year's Power Sheets is Cultivate What Matters. I've had to tell myself everything matters to God, but they, they don't have to matter to me right now. So yeah. there, there are people out there who um, they, they matter to God, and I love them, or even ministries at church. I've had to take a, mm-hmm. like I do the nursery, but I'm not teaching Sunday school anymore. Those things matter to God, but they, they, they're not supposed to matter to me in 2019. Yeah. Uh, he's going to take care of that. And so when I focus on things that make me sad, like, oh, like I should be doing this or that person doesn't feel loved. I'm supposed to cultivate what matters. Like, okay, this matters to God. I'm going to mm-hmm. let that matter to God. Yeah. Because then I don't feel mean. I'm going to let God take that on. And if you look at Jesus's life, he went to all these towns and villages and he, he was always busy, but he was never in a hurry. Yeah. You don't see him running around saying he didn't get this done. He always left a town with people who were still sick and still hungry. And he had the power, he's God, he had the power to take care of everybody's needs, but he didn't. So yeah. I, I'm not above, I'm not above my master. Why do I think that I have to be that person? If Jesus could walk into a town and maybe touch five people and then leave the other 300 needing mm-hmm. whatever they needed, I, I can do that too. I could say, you matter to God. I'm going to let God help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a family. So that's how I'm going to go through this year. I'm going to cultivate what matters and I'm not going to water the weeds. I'm going to let yeah. God take care of those. I think that's so good. I think it can really apply to any of us because we all have, whether we're dealing like specifically with what you're dealing with or not, you know, we all have a lot of things that are pulling for our attention and Mm -hmm. being smart about those decisions. I think even at the beginning of the year, deciding what your goals are, like we get bombarded by what 
everyone else's goals are and we start thinking like, oh, I need to have that goal and I need to have that goal and I need to get fit and I need to drink water and I need to read 800 books and I need, you know, and we take Uh on goals that maybe aren't, they're not that they're bad goals, but they're not the right goals for us right now. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Those things can matter to God and other people. Yeah. God will ask them to do those things, but we can't do everything. Just like Jesus, he had the power to heal every person he walked by and did not. Yeah. Um, why? Why? You know, it's a weird, we're not asked to do that. So why yeah. do we feel guilty? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. Oh, I think that's a good note to be wrapping things up on too. Everybody don't water your weeds. <laughs> Just water your flowers. <laughs> okay, but I have I have some questions here. I don't know if you're familiar with these, but I do some questions for people who've been on the show for the first time. So are okay. you ready? Okay, well, first of all. Are they scary? All, no, they're fun. Okay. But first of all, how are, I mean, we kind of know, but how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life? What is something you're doing? Well, because it's Christmas time, I have candles, Christmas tree lights on, Christmas music. That's easy. <laughs> yes. That's a great one. I think yes. that's really good. Okay. I'm supposed to answer this question too. And of course I'm drawing a blank. Um, it's been, it's been a wild season. Okay. No, actually, and I may have said this on another podcast, but something I have been doing a lot of lately is skincare. It's kind of oh. become an obsession. So I love watching Jamie Golden on Instagram, and she has all this great advice for how to have a really great skincare routine. And so probably in the last two <laughs> months, I've really, like, stepped it up. And, I mean, I always wash my face at night, but now I'm doing, like, a double cleanse and multiple really? moisturizers and eye creams <laughs> and a jade roller and, like, all this a stuff. A roller? A jade okay. roller. It came in my Fab Fit. It's okay, so it's this <laughs> roller made of jade. It came in my Fab Fit Fun box. You guys, you can use the code Lovely if you want ten dollars off your first box. But you rub it all over your face and it's supposed to be cold. So like if you do it in the morning, it kinda helps like reduce swelling and all of that. But it's supposed to oh. like hit acupressure points on your face that then help your face like produce more collagen. <laughs> so I was picturing a roller like a pizza um you know, the roller that you use for pizza. What like, do you call it? Rolling pin. I was picturing well, it's a rolling kind pin made of out like, of jade. Well, it's kind of like a small rolling pin. <laughs> like a little handheld rolling pin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you literally just like roll it all over your face. You're supposed to do it for two minutes. So I have been on it, man. So wow. my skin's <laughs> going to be looking great. I'm determined. <laughs> So your question is, do I do that too? No, 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 no. I was just saying like, that's, that's my little like lovely thing I'm doing right now. Oh, okay. So you don't have to (laughs) be doing that. That's what I'm doing. No, no, it's not painful. It actually feels really nice. So, and it's nice in the morning when it's like cold, it has like a little roller side and I roll that under my eyes and, and yeah, it's, it's lovely. So it's, it's become like a whole thing. But I'm enjoying it, and it makes me feel like I'm taking care of myself. So, yeah. I'm sure you look lovely. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I don't actually know if it's doing anything yet, but I'm going to keep doing it anyway because it's supposed to. (laughs) Okay, but here are my stock questions, and these are just like this or that kinds of things for the answer. Okay, so do you prefer candles or essential oil diffuser? I can't say both. Well, you can. Okay, both. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. Okay. City or country? Country. Okay. Paper or digital? Paper. All right. I feel like I could answer a lot of these Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? In the store so I can talk to people. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's four o'clock. And normally I would say, or whatever time you're making dinner, but I know that actually is the time you're making dinner. (laughs) And you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? Music. Okay. And what is some of your favorite to listen to? Oh, well, depends on what I'm cooking. If it's Italian, I have to listen to Italian music. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know. But usually it's Baroque, classical. Okay. Um, I love Bach. All right. 
chocolate, milk, or dark? Dark. All right. Sports or no sports? No sports. Unless it's ice skating, but my husband said that's not a sport. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, this next question is just silly for me to even ask, and I think you even answered it earlier (laughs) in the podcast, but live broadcasting, would you rather broadcast or watch? Like, What do you mean? See, she doesn't even know what I'm talking about, you guys. No. Like, Like... Facebook Live or Instagram Stories or Instagram Live, would you rather watch those or do them yourself? I would rather watch them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite movie? Out of Africa. Okay. And if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, like how natural you are, and zero is totally not crunchy, and 10 is completely crunchy, singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven <laughs> and dreadlocks in your hair. No. Where are you on that spectrum? Probably right down the middle because okay. I have granola in my pantry next to a box of Twinkies. <laughs> right now, seriously. <laughs> I'm a five. There you go. All right. That's a solid, <laughs> solid five answer. I, yes. that was a great explanation for it. I don't think I've had anyone else who's explained that quite that well. Well, they are Christmas peppermint Twinkies. We had to buy them. Oh, well, yes, of course. <laughs> I've actually, can I admit something to you? Yeah. I have never eaten a Twinkie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like cake, so it's never been appealing. Oh. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not I, yeah, some, you won't like, like them. It's not for some, like, great reason, like, honorable reason. <laughs> just because I don't like cake yeah well thank you so much for hanging out with me today Jenny I know people are just gonna love the wisdom that you had to share so oh I will thank you I'll try to con you back into coming on the show another time (laughs) unless I move away you already did I know it didn't work it's not gonna work I'll track you down all right well thank you you're welcome Ladies, Jenny is every bit as lovely as she sounded in that interview, even more so. I wish you all could sit down at her table, but obviously she's trying to cut back on that this year. So the next best thing was having her on the podcast to be able to share her wisdom with all of you because I just think that she has so much to offer and I hope to have her more on throughout the year, hopefully if I can convince her. But if you want any of the show notes to this episode, you can go to boldturquoise.com and that's where you can find them. We're obviously getting very close to 100 episodes. We're actually going to hit that in January. So that is really exciting. I am so excited for all the people that we are going to be having on the podcast this year. I have had so many people reach out to me and actually getting to be on their podcasts as well, like Sally Clarkson and a bunch of other new authors and old authors and people that I'm just really excited to have on the show. So there's lots to come. And even right now, we are going to do things a little bit different than we normally do. If this is a feature you guys end up liking, I may be tying it into the podcast more, but that's just a big like, hey, I love your feedback. I love to hear what you guys like about the show. So make sure you're communicating with me either on Facebook and our Facebook group. You can just search Cultivating the Lovely over there on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram and hoping to be much more active in 2019. That's a great way for you to contact me really directly or Patreon. That's a great place where those people really get to have a pretty direct line to me and have a lot of say in what's going on. And I I really take their word into account very heavily for what they like about the show and what they're wanting more of. So that's a great place to be able to connect with me and say what you're enjoying about the show. But basically what this next little segment is going to be is I'm going to do a quick little rundown on some things that we've got going on for 2019 because they're really exciting and fun and I think that a lot of you maybe want to get involved with them because it could really revolutionize the way that you do your 2019 and help you stick to your goals and that sort of thing. But after After I do that little segment, I want to talk to you about reading and your reading life and reading goals for 2019 because that's a big topic that a lot of people actually contact me about. I have a lot of you, especially in this last month or so, asking me, well, what are you reading? We want to know more about what you're reading and how you're fitting that time into your life. So I just have some tips about creating your reading goals for 2019 that I want to chat with you guys about. So 
First of all, though, what have we got going on with Cultivating the Lovely? There's a lot of the same stuff that we've been doing all along, but there's also some new fun things and bringing back some fun things that I want to tell you guys about. So first of all, something that I think is a very exciting and really fun and something that a lot of you have been clamoring about saying it's one of your favorite things about Cultivating the Lovely, and that's the morning show that I used to do on Periscope. I'm actually going to be bringing it back. We're going to do a little bit of a test run I'm committing to the entire month of January on Instagram. So I'm planning on coming on between 6.30 and 6.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, so figure out all your math for what time that would be for you. But that's when I'm going to be coming on and just doing a short, probably 10 to 15 minute show to get our morning rolling. I will have different topics. We may be talking about the Bible study we're doing or those kinds of things, but it's just going to be a fun show to be talking about our lovelies and how we're going to be making the most of life and whatever goofy things that I can think of that we're going to be talking about on that show. So you can find me on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa. Instagram is my favorite place to be. It's my favorite place to connect with you guys, and I would really love to see you over there. So tell your friends, join me, have your cup of coffee every morning with me. We're going to give it a go and see how it goes. So join me in January for, it's going to be called Mornings with Mackenzie. Also, that's what we're going to be calling it because Cultivating the Lovely is taken by the podcast. (laughs) So it's going to be Mornings with Mackenzie on Instagram. Now, in addition to that, Patreon people really wanted more lives, and so we will be having longer lives that are a little bit later in the day, hoping for three days a week within the Patreon community. And so if you want to get involved with Patreon, I really feel like this is the best time to do it because we have so many things that we're going to be offering, especially going into 2019. We've got a variety of different levels for you to get involved with, everything from $1 where you're just kind of getting updates on what's going on and get into our Facebook group, all the way up to $15. Some people have even pledged more money than that just because they're awesome and they want to help me out. And I am so grateful to those people. So thank you to those of you who have done that just to help my family out. It means more to me than I could possibly say. But for Patreon people, so we've got the live shows that will be three days a week. We're going to be doing some book club stuff this year, especially our first book. This is the first time announcing it, but in our second quarter of the year after it comes out, we are going to do Girls Club by Sally, Sarah, and Joy Clarkson. So that's going to be a really fun um, book study that we're going to be doing. And we're also going to be incorporating Bible study back into the Patreon stuff. So there's going to be the monthly challenges like we've always done, but they're going to be kind of split up into quarters. And we're going to have quarterly themes throughout the year that we're going to allow our to build on. So for the first quarter of the year, we're going to be talking about our strengths and playing to our strengths and improving on the things that we are having some difficulties with in our lives to really be able to live our best lives and be the best moms and women and Christians that we can be by playing to our strengths and then learning what we need to kind of make up for and some life hacks for helping us to do the things that we aren't so good at that we really need to have as part of our lives. So I think it's going to be a really good clarifying time and help us with the goals that we set up for our 2019. And to help with that, to help with these challenges and everything that we have going forward, we've created Patreon groups, which are basically accountability groups of five to seven women where we're trying to find people who kind of have some of the same goals and interests moving forward. You fill out a little questionnaire when you're in the Patreon group. It's This is for the $10 and $15 level people. And you get to be a part of this group where you'll be joining with other women on Marco Polo. So you'll actually get to see them and interact with them. It's going to be a ton of fun and I think a really great growing experience. You only have to participate for a quarter at a time. That's all that you sign up for. So three months and then if it doesn't work for you for the next three months, then you don't have to do it. But if it's something you want to be involved in all year long, then you absolutely can. If you want to do it with local friends that you're actually getting together with in person, you can absolutely have all of you join Patreon and get access to the materials that we are going to be putting out there and then you can meet in person to talk about it. So there's all kinds of different options to really create community and build friendships and be working to spur one another on, just like Jenny and I were talking about in this episode of the podcast, really helping each other to ask the hard questions and be better women and growing women. I think it's going to be a really great year. I'm so excited for what we have to offer in Patreon. Of course, we are going to continue to have our What Ingrid and Fiona-like episodes. In fact, this week we had an episode talking about 
about my goals for 2019 and how I was using power sheets for those and kind of honing them down and working on them. And then next week's episode is going to be all about our reading life. So everything like our favorite books from 2018 and what our actual reading goals are for 2019 moving forward. So if you want to be privy to those things and be hearing about them, come join Patreon at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. Okay. But now I want to jump over to fleshing out our reading goals for 2019. Like I said, in What Ingrid and Fiona Like, we're going to be talking about what our personal reading goals are. But I get asked by a lot of you, you know, how do you find time to read? I have young kids or I'm just super busy. You read 35 books this year or 2018 which really isn't that many when you compare it to a lot of other people out there. I know there are a lot of people reading way more, and I actually would like to read more and hope to be able to in 2019. But that's part of it is just being really realistic with yourself. So someone asked me this on Goodreads. I keep track of all of my reading on Goodreads. You can find me over there, I believe, at Bold Turquoise. And you can follow me and see what I'm reading and my reviews on the books that I'm reading. I am hoping to put more of that on Instagram this year as well. But I just... I actually sat down and gave this woman some tips because she said, I have five kids and I don't know how to fit more reading into my life. Like, how did you do this? So I'm just going to kind of go over with you what I told her on Goodreads. So I set a goal for myself every year, and this past year was the first time that I just set my goal way lower than how many books I actually wanted to accomplish in 2018, because I was taking a note from John Acuff. He said, I think he has a whole book about this, but it's you want to kind of set your set your bar low. So when you hit it, you feel a lot of like gratification. You actually made it. And then it kind of spurs you on to want to do even more. It's kind of that snowball effect. And so I did that this past year. I only set my goal at 20 books. And because the year before I hadn't read nearly as much, but of course it was a really stressful year. So I set it at just 20 books and then, you know, I hit 175% of my goal because I actually read 35 books for 2018. And so every time I added on past 20 books, it felt so good to have accomplished that much more. And it was really good for me to keep that ball rolling because, I felt like I was going above and beyond and it just that gave me a lot of satisfaction. So I think that when you're thinking about your reading goals for the year, think really reasonably. How many books did you actually read last year? And then how many books do you want to aspire to read next year? You know, give yourself a little bit of a goal that, you know, you want to try to attain to, but don't be unreasonable for something that is just obviously not going to happen. Don't say you're going to read 100 books when you read two last year. You know, make it reasonable to push yourself a little bit, but also have it be something that's really doable. So that is kind of my my first suggestion. Set yourself a doable, realistic goal so you can hit it and surpass it and feel great about yourself. I think that you should curate a list of books that is diverse so that you always have something to pick from that sounds interesting to you. I have currently 80 books on my want to read list for 2019. There's no way I'm going to read all 80 books, but I have a lot of different genres of nonfiction and fiction and memoir all put into that list. So there's always something that I am interested in reading next. I've always got an option. A lot of ways that I find these books are Modern Mrs. Darcy is a big one for me. I love her podcast, What Should I Read Next? Even if it's someone that I don't feel like I have similar interests to, it just it exposes a lot of different kinds of books to me. And that's a great um catalyst for that for me. Another thing is, you know, reading books is a big part of my job, so I get sent a lot of nonfiction, but I've even been able to be in contact with more fiction writers this last year that um, has opened the door for me to find new authors that I'm really interested in, and then reading a lot of their books in one year. So I have a few authors that I want to do that with who have put out, you know, five or six books, and I really liked the first one I read, and I want to try to read more of their body of work. Even in um, Modern Mrs. Darcy, she puts out a daily 
um, email. I've talked about this before. It's a real problem for me, but it has all of the ebook deals that are on the internet. And so I have a Kindle. I use my Kindle pretty avidly, which I know some people are like, oh, a Kindle. But it really does help me to read more. And it's a pretty easy thing for me to have in my purse with me all the time, which I'll get to in a second. But I like to have my Kindle and I have a lot of different books loaded onto my Kindle so that I always have something to read. But she puts out this email with all the deals. And a lot of these books are books that she's talked about on her podcast or they're authors that I would otherwise be interested in or I've heard of. And so that's a great way for me to pick up some cheap books. So I always have something that I want to read and it's a pretty diverse selection. So I think that's a big thing is kind of curating a list and actually put together your list. Don't just have it in your head, either write it down or put it on Goodreads. Like I have a whole shelf on Goodreads that's just 2019 books that I am hoping to read. And so I I won't be reading all those books, like I said, but it does give me kind of a basis to be working off of so that I always have something that I can hopefully go to next and be interested in. And then also, if I start reading a book and it's not a good fit, I don't really like it, I don't feel guilty about dropping it and picking up something else because I always have something else to pick up. Another way that you could do this is to just be putting books on hold at the library. And that way you kind of always have something that is popping up and you either can put holds on the ebooks and have them coming to your Kindle or whatever kind of reading device you have or the actual physical copies. And that gives you kind of a good rotation that spurs you on to read, especially because they have due dates. So it ups the ante a little bit so that you actually are getting them read. So that's another good way to kind of push yourself to do more. Along with kind of this same idea of curating your list and making sure it's diverse so you always have something that you're interested in, I think it's for me anyway, I know this doesn't work for everybody, but I like to have a number of books going at once so that whatever mood I'm in throughout the day, I always have a certain kind of book that will fit what I'm interested in at that point in my day. I would rather read fiction at night and nonfiction during the day when I need to be a little bit more alert and taking notes and that sort of thing. So I try to divide up what I'm reading so that I can always have something that interests me even throughout the day. So I will sometimes have five or six books going at the same time where I just read little snippets and they'll all be a little bit different. Like in December, I had The Little Book of Huga. I had a couple of fiction books and a couple of nonfiction books that I was just chipping away at. For me, nonfiction is harder to get through. And so if possible, I will listen to the audiobook, which by the way, that's a hack. Audiobooks totally count. So use all the audiobooks that you can. There's a lot of great free apps through libraries like Hoopla and um, Libby and Overdrive. Those are all really great places to be getting free audiobooks. You can also get an Audible subscription. I have to use, I use an Audible subscription for my podcast a lot of times so that I can get access to any of the books that come to me that have already been published that I can listen to an audiobook for someone that I'm going to have on the show. I take advantage of that because I can listen to the audiobooks while I'm doing my makeup or I'm writing in the car and it kind of helps me to kill two birds with one stone. So I take any of those reading hacks wherever I can. I think it's important to give yourself credit for that and count those books because you are consuming the entirety of those books. But having a variety of fiction and nonfiction on hand is helpful for that and also for the books that it's harder for me to get through. Even though I find the nonfiction really interesting, it can just be harder for me to get through because it takes more brain power on my part. So for those kinds of books, I will actually develop a schedule for myself where I will say, okay, this is kind of my deadline for having this book read. I'm going to read one or two chapters every day until I hit that deadline to get through this book in that amount of time or I'm going to read a certain number of pages. Something to kind of give yourself motivation to actually be achieving it. You know, I create a little calendar for yourself or something where you're actually marking off those days and you can feel like you're accomplishing it. If you want to be serious about being a reader, then do things to be serious about being a reader. I know that that is something that is good for me. I like how it expands my mind and helps me to think deeply about things. And I, I like being a reader because of how it makes me feel about myself and the interesting things that I learn. And so it's something that I have to make a priority. So I know a lot of people say, well, I don't have time to read, but 
If you really want to do it, then you need to make it a priority and make it happen by doing things like using audiobooks or creating a calendar for yourself or even just always having a book handy. Have a book. I have a book in my purse at all times. Even if I'm going someplace where I think there's no way that I am going to have time to read while I'm at the grocery store or whatever, those are generally the times where I end up sitting in my car and having to wait for something or wait in a long line or something like that. I'm much better off having the book with me so that I can utilize it. So I would really suggest always having one with you, having that Kindle handy, store a book in your bathroom, even if you're not reading it while you're going to the bathroom, but you can have it in there because it's a great place to hide from the kids. And so even if you're sitting on the floor or standing in the bathroom or whatever, have a book in your bathroom so that you always have a place to kind of hide and read, even if it's just for five minutes. And personally, I think that fiction is easier to read for shorter periods of time than nonfiction that takes a little bit more brain power. So maybe have some of that fiction scattered through your life so you always have something to pick up and read. Even in those little moments, you know, five minutes here and there can actually add up to quite a bit. Another big motivator for me, which I've kind of alluded to, is keeping track of your progress. So I am a big believer in Goodreads because I love seeing that little progress bar tick up farther and farther and farther, saying that I have gotten a larger percentage of the book read. For some reason, that's a huge motivator for me. I'm not competing with anybody else, just with myself. And it's, I, I really am pretty dutiful about logging every time that I read so that I can see that, that marker go up higher and higher. So if you need something to kind of push you and help you see that you're making like tangible progress, I think that's a really good way to do it is use something like Goodreads or a book journal where you're keeping track of how much you're reading so you can see how much you've actually done. Because sometimes when you're just reading here and there, it seems like you're not doing much, but when you see the culmination of it, it can feel really good to see, oh, wow, I've read this much of this book or I've read this many books this year. I love going on Goodreads at the end of the year and seeing my whole reading challenge put together where it shows all the titles, all the covers of the books that I read in the last year, because a lot of them I will have forgotten that I even read. And it's such a good kind of mind jog to be able to look back and say, wow, look at all these books I read. Oh, I really love that one. And oh, this one was pretty good. Or I want to read more from that author. It's a really good thing for moving into the next year to help you know what you want to read moving forward, what some of your themes were that you read throughout the year a lot. It can be a really clarifying and interesting experience. So I would suggest doing all of those things. I know I kind of lost track on numbering all of them, but those are kind of my best hacks for how you can have a productive reading year and be consuming more books than maybe you have in the past or reading more deeply or reading more wide, you know, kind of getting you out of your rut. Another thing I think is sharing and seeing what other people are reading, asking your friends, looking on Bookstagram, on Instagram, just search the hashtag Bookstagram. You'll find all kinds of different books. Listening to podcasts about reading. Of course, my favorite is What Should I Read Next? But a lot of times they'll even be talking about books on other podcasts that aren't specifically about reading. And especially if it's someone that you really resonate with, you might like a lot of the same books that they do. So those are kind of my best tips for moving forward with your 2019 reading. I would love to hear what you find to be helpful for your reading year and setting those goals or finding time to read. I would love to hear all about it. So please leave comments in the Facebook group. Contact me on Instagram. I would love to have you get a hold of me there at Mackenzie Coppa. Remember, all of this will be in the show notes. So you can find me on Instagram. You can even leave comments on the show notes. Just however you want to get a hold of me. I would love to hear what some of of your best reading hacks are and even what your reading goals are for 2019. It would be really fun to see what everyone is doing and what kinds of books they are interested in reading and how many for 2019. So let's spur each other on to good reading in 2019. It's good for our brains and our souls. So other than that, ladies, it's been so fun chatting with you. I know this was kind of a long episode, but hopefully you found it to be a really beneficial one. It's the beginning of the year. We got to take it for all it's worth. So I've had so much fun. Come join me on Patreon, patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. Find me on Instagram and until next week, go be bold and gracious. 